You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that has two boys, one mic. <laughs> I'm Cody, I'm boy number one. I'm Sam, and I'm, well, I'm, I have my own mic because I'm, I'm very special. And I'm Josh. I get to share. I'm boy 1.5. <laughs> I'm enjoying the energy we are putting out in this show this week. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a bunch of news to go over. But first, let's talk about some things we have been checking out. Check it out! You must recover all the energy immediately, Mega Man. Well, Mega Man... Still waiting for that that cease and desist from Tim and Eric. <laughs> it's coming days. eventually. One of these days, someday one of them will hear our show and we'll know we've made it by that cease and desist we're going to get. Yeah, we'll know we've made it when we can't play Steve Rule clips anymore. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like when we're talking into this mic together, Cody, it's like the music video for a. Uh, Dancing in the streets. Oh God! <laughs> Have you seen that where they took the music out and they like foleyed in like the shoes squeaking and they're just going. Ah, ooh. By the way, I get to be David Bowie. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that MC Scat Cat video. <laughs> what was that song? Uh, two steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say that one, and I want to be MC Scat. Cat. I was gonna say which one? Which one gets to be the cat? <laughs> no, I was more of the fact you know we're like. An inch away from each other's faces. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very intimate. You can you can cut the tension with a knife currently. All right, so check them out. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about check them out. Let's, ch- let's talk about literally anything else currently. <laughs> how close our faces have to be. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week, uh, the only thing I've really had a chance to check out. Um, so earlier today, it's on our news, um, but we could probably talk about it now. Um, there was a, a mini um, Nintendo Direct uh, all about the new Smash Brothers character, Pyra and Mithra. And they released the character like later, like today, like r- almost right after the uh, the direct. Yeah, I believe it's called a Mr. Sakurai pre- uh, presents. It's what he called it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, got a chance to one watch the direct and then uh, test out the character, kind of play around with the character, see how it, how how she plays. The direct was very was very charming. You can tell that uh, 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 Mr. Sakurai really enjoys the Xenoblade saga or Xenoblade Chronicles games. And I've always liked Sakurai, but these has made him even more endearing. Oh, it really has. <laughs> it really, really has. And, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the direct was fun. It was, it was cute. He, he couldn't help but, but show his love for Pyra. <laughs> At one point he was like, oh, she is my favorite fighter of the two. Definitely the fighter as he's like looking at a statue of of this he's of this anime kind of lady leering yeah. kind of well he's not really leering because he's a very sweet boy yeah listen a few directs ago he did say smash brothers is for good boys and girls well notice they had to put more clothes on both pyra and mithra i have a for the- smash brothers i have a theory about that because if you uh, you know how when you're doing smash fights, you can pause it and then go into like photo mode, basically. Oh, yeah. And I have a feeling if they hadn't put more, uh, slightly more, like if they didn't put pants on them, because they normally wear like skirts or bikini bottoms or whatever. Yeah. If they didn't put pants on them, they maybe would have had to have bumped the uh, the, <laughs> the uh, uh, rating of the yep. game up a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly why they covered them up a little be, bit is keep that T rating. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you know, people would be g- heading straight for Australia. They're just getting right <laughs> to the down under. <laughs> I don't maybe does what's Xenoblade's rating? I right, don't, let me check. I don't know. While you're checking that out, I can talk about the, uh, the gameplay style of the character. I got a chance to uh, mess around with the character a little bit. Really... I mean, fun, kind of standard. Um, it has the uh, character switching mechanic that the old uh, Zelda and Sheik did from a few games ago. Um, they eventually uh, split the character apart. The difference is uh, Zelda and Sheik had two completely different move sets when they switched. This one, 
one is a, a kind of a bruiser, kind of a heavy fighter, much slower, but stronger hits. And the other one is very fast and their specials are a little different, but otherwise their movements and everything are basically the same. And it is the characters fine. Definitely not would not have been my pick for for this character. Um, I don't. But then again, people who play the Xenoblade Chronicle games, you know, maybe they're clamoring for these characters into the game. I don't really know. It's. I, I think it was the clever implementation of mm-hmm. a character. I don't really give one way or the other for. Oh I mean, sure. I don't not like Pyra and Mithra. It's completely. I'm completely neutral on the character. Yeah. It's it people i've seen it go both ways people have been like oh my god this is so great and others are saying this is a wasted slot they could have been a million other characters but i really don't have a dog in this fight it's really just middle of the road okay cool it's not just a sword fighter there are other things going on with it but yeah i mean i'm not super thrilled but i wouldn't call it a wasted slot either yeah i um I did like how he described how he dis- how he said that the original idea was having uh, the main character of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Rex, and Pyra be like a uh, dual character, kind of like the Ice Climbers character. But he uh, explained they're very detailed, and there's we barely got the Ice Climbers to work in the way that they are implemented. There's no way we could have gotten this other one working i feel like he regrets ever putting the ice climbers yes. in the game at all yeah because they seem like a real nightmare to have to uh, uh program and try to implement into and the game balance oh balance like, too you yeah lose one and then that's a whole nother thing and like i i feel like if he could take the ice climbers out he well they did once yeah but if they could do that again if it wasn't everyone is here they wouldn't be there y- yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely Otherwise, you know, I played a couple of the, um, I, I they're called like the spirit whatevers. I, I, they're just like trials. Yeah, spirit board. Spirit board, yeah. I, I played a couple of those. I haven't gone through the entire thing yet. And again, they're fine. They're fun. Uh, nothing to write home about. But it's, you know, it's interesting. I didn't realize how much. So they, uh, okay, so they also announced a couple of me fighters along with it. Didn't pick up these these costumes, but uh, Monster Hunter, a couple of different costumes for male and female, which is fine. You know, that's that's cool. I didn't realize how much I would miss Arthur from Ghouls and Go- uh, uh, Ghosts and Goblins in the game until he was designated as a me fighter costume and not a full character. Yeah, he would have been a good full character. But on a really good, really good, like, full character. But unfortunately... Not going to be the case. Have that armor flying off the more damage you take. That would have been his skivvies. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Well, it would almost be like the um, the old uh, uh, Samus, uh, the final smash for Samus. At one point, she would um, be in full armor, have a huge blast attack for her final smash. And then the armor bits would pop off and she would be zero suit Samus. Before they made Zero Suit its own character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that would be, that would really be kind of a fun thing. Which they really should have never did. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, other than that, that's pretty much all I've been, uh, been checking out this week. Smash Brothers. Woo! I love the Mr. Sakurai Presents videos because they sate all my curiosity for this new character to the point where I don't have to buy it. <laughs> yeah, he does go into very, very extreme detail on everything yeah uh, I, having to do I'm with not the character joking. Yeah. i'm seriously like well now i've seen everything so i don't feel like i need to buy it because i don't play <laughs> smash brothers enough yeah yeah fair <laughs> yeah i'm just curious to see who the last two characters are going to be i still say crash bandicoot's in there i think crash is going to be in there i think i originally thought uh someone from mortal kombat one of the ninjas from mortal kombat was going to be in there i now think if they're going to show up they're going to be relegated to me costumes but then they could do very easy color variants of all of the me costumes. I think that's, I, and I think that would be fine. I think that would be fair. They'd have to work out a deal with Warner brothers, which they have not done before. True. But it, I mean, it's not, it's obviously possible. They're, they're wizards over there at negotiating it. At this point, they've, they've gotten so many different companies on board at this point. If they were to go 
to a company to say, hey, I would like your character to be in, in my Smash Brothers game, they're going to say yes. <laughs> um, the only, I do have a theory about Disney saying no, though. Because if, if I, somebody was going to say no, it would be Disney. <laughs> because I, be, I truly believe Sephiroth was not going to be part of the initial cast. I think they went to Square Enix to try to get Sora into the game. And Square Enix was on board and Disney said no because Kingdom Hearts is a shared IP. And when Disney came back and said no, Square Enix probably said, well, you want Sephiroth? <laughs> you want that big long sword boy? It's possible. I think I think Sora would be a big enough one that if he was the last one they announced, that'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd give him that. I really wish they would do a retro character because a lot of the more recent DLC characters have all been maybe not the most, the newest characters, but there's no one from like the classic eight bits or very, very old style. I want dig Doug. Okay. Uh, I I want dig Doug. You're making a good argument for Thomas from Kung Fu. Uh, Kung Fu guy would be great. (laughs) Dig Dug would be okay. It give me give me Mappy. Give me Mappy the Mouse. Or like I don't know, any someone I really think there should be at least one more classic vintage character like your like your Pac-Man or your Mr. Game and Watch or someone along those lines just to say, okay, Dig Dug should be there. It's a classic. Burger Burger Time. Give me Burger Time Chef. He can throw tiny burgers. Peter Pepper, that's his name. Peter Pepper, okay. Uh, you said you said Kung Fu, and I was like, oh man, I used to play that game a lot, and I can imagine those really awful sound effects from that <laughs> game would be great. And then like that sound he makes where he's like, like somebody yelling into like a tin can or something when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like, <laughs> that's what the noise is. Well, you know what? Do you remember that old YouTube uh, video series, a uh, video game reunion, where it was a bunch of the video game, classic video game characters coming together for like a convention or something yeah. like that? And it was like a, a mockumentary style kind of thing of, oh, okay, so they've all kind of moved on with their lives and they've come back and they're portrayed as though they're actors. They were actors. Kung Fu Guy is the only one that was portrayed in a video game reunion that ha- that is not currently in Smash. <laughs> There you of go. Course, it's a conspiracy. Of course, the joke was Kung Fu Guy um, uh, <laughs> took a lot of blow and died oh, mid- oh, midway nice. through the series. <laughs> but uh, like that was the joke was that Kung Fu Guy sucks. And, like no one remembers Kung Fu Guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I did do one other thing. Speaking of Kung Fu Guy and doing Kung Fu, uh, Karate as a joke, I got to play Dan in Street Fighter Five. Nice. Just got released. Uh, Dan is maybe my favorite Street Fighter character because you know in in uh, uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist where uh, that one guy said that he was trained wrong as a joke. Well, that's Dan. <laughs> Dan was trained wrong as a joke. He has forever been the joke character. He was um make he was made to make fun of the SNK character uh, Ryo. Uh, Sakazaki? Sakazaki, yeah. I, I feel like I pronounced that real so, nasty. Something, <laughs> something like that, yeah. But he was he was a dig at their biggest competitor at the time. And um, over the years... To, to be fair, just completely ripped off Capcom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ryo, Ryo definitely ripped off Ryu, or Ryu, or however you pronounce it. It's, it's Ryu in Street Fighter, the movie, the game. But then again, he was also the one that couldn't say uh, sure you can. So he would say uh, dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Dan has over the years morphed from a character who puts out almost no damage, has no range on his fireball. Everything about him just sucks to a character that under certain uh, circumstances is incredibly powerful. Like in in terms of raw damage, his punches, kicks, and fireball do more damage than uh, Ken or Ryu. The only problem is there is no range on them, so you have to be like right up in his, uh, right up in your grill in order to do some of that damage. And if you miss, you are left wide open, like more so than anyone else in the game. Um, but one thing that they so Street Fighter Five, they have a. And I'm going long on this, so I'll I'll, I'll go quick. Um, so one of the the gimmicks for Street Fighter Five is each character has their own special kind of gimmick called a V skill. 
it's different for every character. Like uh, Ryu has a parry. Ken can like uh, light his feet on fire, basically, and do extra kick power, that sort of thing. Uh, Dan was given a taunt, which is in standing for his character. He's the only ger- character in the game that can taunt, but the taunt will actually is a as as a universal linker between all moves, so you can punch, punch, kick, taunt, taunt, cancel into uppercut, fireball, and like link like these insane combos. It's the only way that he can do any kind of real damage is if you do like a 15 hit combo. Otherwise, his damage output is not very good. And he also has is the only character in the game that has two uh, ultra uh, moves. He has a regular one that does damage. And also he has the ultimate taunt where he does like 10 taunts in a row that does zero damage. And there is a uh, <laughs> this is the last thing on it. There is a uh, Easter egg where if you let the your competitor do the entire taunt on the last frame of the taunt, if the if your opponent hits you with any kind of move, it's a one hit kill. <laughs> it just ruins your day, but it means you have to sit and watch the entire taunt in order to get it. And Dan can uh, he can link out of that at any point to do damage. So it's a real kind of timing, you know, wait and see what's going to happen sort of situation. It's great. It's great. Dan's fun. He's a fun character not to be taken seriously in any kind of tournament style play, but whatever. You know, that'd be a huge flex on somebody if they got really good with Dan to actually like do some kind of standing in a tournament. Oh, that used to be the ultimate flex in uh, back in uh, Alpha Alpha 1, Alpha 2 um, when he when the character first appeared because he was so bad. That would be like the ultimate. Oh, I'm going into a tournament and I am so good at this. I'm going to purposely make myself worse and still still win the tournament. It's yeah, it's the ultimate picking. Dan is the ultimate taunt <laughs> to your real life opponent. Well, you're talking about like, you know, saying characters names wrong and stuff. It just made me think of that M. Night Shyamalan last airbender movie. Oh, yeah. Ong. Ong. They kept calling him Ong. Soka. Yeah, it was so bad. It's so bad all over the place. I was like having like flashbacks sitting over here. <laughs> That's what fighting games were like before they had voice acting in it and everybody didn't know how to pronounce anyone's name. It was like, oh, I'm going to play as, as Gwili. Gwile? Yeah. <laughs> and you can pick yeah, Rue. Yeah. Did you know that Zangief's, Zangief is actually pronounced Zangief? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Apparently, it is actually pronounced Zangief, and they pronounce it that way in Street Fighter V, but it is... It is like one of those popular like nomenclature kind of things where it works either way, but the official Capcom pronunciation is Zangief instead of Zangief. But it's always Zangief. I don't care. That's that's how it that's how it goes. I mean, the official one does does sound more Russian. It does. Yeah. 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 But uh, but no, that's pretty much it. That's all I've been really doing. I got a quick one. I've sure. been playing uh, Bravely Default Two that oh. just came out on Precious last Moments, Friday. the the RPG. Um, it's, it's really good. So if I probably put about six hours into it, so, you know, a couple sittings, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I remember, I remember the story of bravely default and the job system. The first one on 3ds, I remember that one being really good. I just remember hating the, the, the art style for the characters. Um, but I, I think they look really good in this one, especially the details on their clothing, like mm. the, the HD uh, details of their clothes, like the stitching and the different looks of the fabrics is really interesting. Well, I'm sure it looks a lot better on a, on a switch instead of a 3ds where there's like a 120 P screen 60 pixels to work with. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but how's the game? How is it? It's very bog standard JRPG, but in a good way. Okay, good, good. Cause sometimes you don't need like some sort of overdone, uh, battle system um sure and it has the same bravely and default battle system where you can spend your character's turns ahead of time in exchange for not having them later mm-hmm. which is an interest it's it makes it different enough to be interesting but still familiar enough to be nostalgic okay sure uh, which just sounds like you should something you could put on the box i have the job system seems good i haven't unlocked very many of the jobs the last one i got was Monk, right? I think right now I've got like Vanguard, which is knight, a monk, a black mage, and a white mage. Okay. So, you know, not a lot of room to experiment yet. Kind of the standard yeah. beginner class kind of situation. Yeah. 
I remember um, really enjoying Red Mage and Vampire in the original. I didn't know there was Vampire. That's it rad. was a it was a secret one. It was the Blue Mage. Ah, it was the uh, yeah they they called it Vampire, but it was you go around and you get all of the uh, um, animal like the uh, enemy attacks, kind of like the um, oh, what is that Materia in FF Seven? Oh, copy? No, not copy. No, that's what Kirby does. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I forget what it's called. I would always put it on Tifa because that just seems like the right place for it. For yeah, some reason. yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't pull any punches. It's like not easy from the get go. Really, is, which is good. I'm enjoying how how it doesn't. It treats you like you've played a JRPG before. <laughs> like even some of the first bosses are like. If you didn't have, there's a like a character that's fault. There's guest characters like old Final Fantasy games where you have your set party, and then there's another character that comes and well, not one character, but another slot for a character to come and go as the story. Oh, progresses. sure, yeah. And at the beginning, you have a an old knight guy named Sir Sloane who's just a total uh, like ba old man. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's kind of the in-game tutorial in a way that like he heals your characters for no cost and he does big hits. Um, and he kind of carries you along for the first couple hours of the game. Really interesting. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's boss battles where there's no way I would have survived if he had not pulled my characters out of, you know, from death several <laughs> times. Huh? So it, it's not, it's not a babby game. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting that it's not, they don't dumb it down for you. It's just as hard from the beginning. They just give you an overleveled guy to kind of go along. That's, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I really like it. I think it's really good. I mean, I don't know how it's going to hold up over the playtime that's probably way too long. Because mm. I, I said I've played it for six hours, but this is a JRPG, so it's like... Oh, you that's know, a drop I, in the bucket. I've put, I've put a toe in Bravely Default. That's like 6%. Yeah. This is a 100-plus-hour game. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's worth the, the cost of admission if you like JRPGs. Oh, cool. And the story is very, you know, Final Fantasy. There's some crystals, and they're acting up. <laughs> they're acting a fool. Yeah. Like the first desert town you go to, oh, it's flooded with water because the water crystals, something's wrong, so better figure that out. Hmm. Yeah, which which is fine. I don't ask for for much in a JRPG as long as the the gameplay backs up the story, and it seems like it does in this one. Cool. I wonder if what the third act twist is going to be in this one because I remember there was a pretty big third act twist in the first one. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, I wonder if it ties the two games together in some sort of twist. Oh, that would be kind of neat. Some sort of uh, Dragon Quest style twist. Yeah, yeah. Josh, that, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah. Josh, do you have anything? I mean, I haven't really had much because I've pretty much been living at work and my semi-conscious hours are spent um, either catching up on housework or uh, zoning out on my couch. I have two questions for you real quick. Have you watched The Owl House? No. You should. It's very good. Have you played Valheim yet? Uh, I, I've I've dabbled in Valheim, yes. Okay, because I wanted your opinion because it looks kind of neat, and it also looks like something you would really enjoy. Yeah, when I was initially told about it, uh, it was the first, uh, it was like, hey, I'm playing this new survival game. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes, and of course, I'm talking to Ellswick, and he's like, it's got Vikings. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, that sounds about, that sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I have not watched The Owl House. I really want to, but it's I don't think it's on any of the Disney stuff I have. It's on Disney Plus now. Oh, it's finally on Disney Plus? All right, going on the list. Watch it because we'll talk about it because it's very, very good. Pirate in my mic time. <laughs> this, this is my weekend. This is my weekend for the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Valheim for the uninitiated. Valheim is a early access survival-based game, kind of like your Rust or your... Uh, uh, arc, things like that, where you're basically thrown into a world, kind of like a Minecrafting kind of thing, and where you basically have to collect supplies and survive. But there's actually a story to this one. Yeah, and it, like I said, it's uh very much based. It's not even very. It's it's Vikings. It's it's straight up Vikings. Odin basically throws you into purgatory to prove yourself for Valhalla. So, but like the art's really interesting. It's 
it's detailed, but also kind of low rendered at the same time. Okay. Um, so it's got kind of a weird look to it, but it's that's not bad. That's just called good art direction. Well, yeah. Like if you look up in the sky, you can see all the branches of uh, Yggdrasil, the world tree. You're kind of guide for the game to such a point. And I think it's un- until you fight the, until you either you fight the first boss or you, uh, but he keeps popping up, but it's uh it's Hugin, one of Odin's two Ravens. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. He just pops up and it's like, Hey, you've done this. You can do this now kind of thing, or you should go do this. Mm. Um, it's like the music's really chill until you summon a boss. And then it turns into like a Scandinavian death metal album. <laughs> awesome. And like, I didn't know what to expect from the first boss when you summon it, but it's like a giant death metal deer. Nice. It's got like a hundred antlers and it shoots lightning at you. Okay. That sounds pretty great. Oh yeah. It's, it's a really interesting game. There are sometimes random event things where like your little, your little base or your little house or whatever you build or tried to build or whatever gets raided by monsters. I was running around and it was like this prompt popped up and it said, uh, the smell of the swamp becomes, you know, or it becomes stronger or something. I'm like, what does this mean? And I was told run away, run away right now. And I turn around and just hordes of skeletons are assaulting. Oh jeez! And I ran, I ran away through a portal to get away and then came back through the portal and was killed immediately. Oh wow. But no, that sounds. This game know, sounds pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. It's like the it's the it's like the hot new thing right now that everyone's like streaming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's only like twenty bucks on Steam. That's not bad. Like I said, I haven't really had a lot of time to really check it out. It was more like a, I kind of popped in, looked around, like a quick look kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And then I really haven't had a chance to okay. really. Is, is this something that you're going to try to stick with a little oh, bit? Oh, um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, awesome. I might buy it then. Oh, okay. I was waiting to see what you thought because I knew you know you would be into it and <laughs> the story the lack of a story is something that bothers me in survival games but this sounds like it has one yeah that's a, and yeah. it taking place in purgatory is incredibly good because every survival game i've ever played feels like purgatory <laughs> yep all right with that let's go ahead and take a break and when we come back we'll uh, get into some news What I'm saying is, this is the anthem, throw all your hands 
That was the anthem by Good Charlotte. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> Everybody's favorite when they were 15. I, which, I mean, that's who it's for. That's who it's for. 15-year-old girls, that's that's who Good Charlotte's <laughs> for. But uh, yeah, we actually played that for a very good reason. So let's not waste any time and get right into the news. I picked the loudest one because our our headphones are incredibly loud today. I wasn't expecting it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was more expecting like, you know, one of the, you know, the home favorites. Well, but... for a second I w- I thought I was going to play Hello Toronto, but I thought that would be just way too loud. Like for for the listeners at home, we got some new equipment in the studio and it's it's loud. <laughs> it's it's taking it's going to take a little bit of tweaking to get right but we're we're making do anyway let's get into the news we played the anthem by good charlotte because uh the anthem is no longer a thing yeah in in honor of a fallen uh piece of humongous wasted potential yes (laughs) bioware's service game Game, Bioware and EA's game as a service game as a service anthem about Iron Man suits flying around. Yeah, which honestly was conceptually neat, and there was some nuggets of good stuff in there. And they just botched it from the beginning to end. Like yeah. the like the implementation of the game as a service was just botched all the way through. But it's it's been canceled. It's been ended. They're not going to do anything else with it. Yeah, there's been, there was talks for a while that they were going to do a relaunch that, that saved the whole thing like they did with No Man's Sky. Anthem Next or Anthem 2.0. Those were the two names being tossed around. But yeah, no, they just decided, you know what? We're just not, we're not going to throw any money into this. <laughs> that's, we're done. Yeah, no more Diet Destiny. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah. Big, big Daddy EA didn't want to spend the money to recover it, but on the plus side, now all of Bioware game, all of Bioware's games are single player focus again. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, they've said that the next Dragon Age they're working on is single player only. There was originally an online component, but EA said, "No, you know what? Don't do that anymore." Just, yeah, just don't worry about <laughs> it. We're good. We don't need it. Yeah. No. Interesting. Interesting. Though, to be fair, with, like, Fallout 4, that was kind of a stumble in their single-player gaming, too. Well, that was Bethesda, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. You said Bioware. Yeah. I'm a dummy. Strike that from the record. Well, no, (laughs) it's staying in because we need it for for posterity. Any stab at Todd, we could keep him there. Yeah, we got to... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Anthem. You know, I never played it, but I remember when the game first launched and it... People had such high hopes for it because it was it was like Iron Man with superpowers and guns and it was like a 3v3 shooter or something like that. Uh, it, was, it was basically Destiny, yeah. Yeah. But you could fly around and it was kind of cool. Like the mobility was fun in a Spider-Man kind of way. Now, the thing is, didn't they kill off Titanfall to make Anthem? I Maybe. It was something like they, they halted production on Titanfall 2. Which Titanfall was a really good game. Titanfall 2 came out. Or Titanfall 3 then, something like that. That was like the next Titanfall that they, that basically was canceled and ended in order to put out Anthem, which was not good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a shame because there was nuggets of good stuff in there. They just didn't. Yeah, they just didn't. Yeah. Didn't stick the flying mech suit landing. Yep. Yep. It's very bad for the knees. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's his EA. I mean, they, if it's not a slam dunk out of the gate, they, they, they don't want to touch it. They dump it quick. Yep. What's like, like respawn made, made Titanfall Mm -hmm. and I like Titanfall, but it, it, Anthem kind of fell into the same problem where they hyped it so much and it didn't quite deliver. Yeah. Exactly. Like on the hit, like, like Titanfall one. Had like no single player, I think, and 
I mean, it was fun, and the mobility of the shooting was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, plus, you know, giant robots, you know, smashing stuff, and the fact that you could get out of your robot and go fight somebody else's robot. But yeah, it's it's just it's just EA and their yeah. and their business model. If it's not a, it's either a hundred percent or zero percent. There's no in between. I feel like Bioware also fell into the same hole that um, CD Projekt Red did, where they're like, "We're Bioware, we can do anything." We and can then make they did this, something yeah, bad. Yeah, and then, yeah, it didn't turn out good. Because they were riding high off Mass Effect, mm-hmm. all three Mass Effects, which were huge gangbusters, and then they they got too confident, and they did a stumble. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, hey, let's move on to some other stuff. Um, boy, we have just so much stuff on the list, and none of it really connects to each other in a in a very very smooth way so uh hey you know what's a good loot shooter the fortnite it sure is it i've done i've never played the fortnite i have played it but i don't remember it i was just bored by it but of course that was so long ago it's probably not even the same game probably not even close (laughs) but uh yeah uh the reason we're bringing up fortnite uh, is because they are in the process of getting crossovers with nearly every single pop culture bit of media that they can get their grubby little hands on. Epic is making deals left and right to try to get all of your all of your favorite everything into the game. Most recently, Ryu and Chun-Li from Street Fighter, as well as a bunch of Marvel characters, uh, DC characters, uh, and Ripley and an alien from the Alien franchise. Not only that, but there's like a bunch of Star Wars characters in it or Star Wars skins or whatever you can get for it. And that's what I'm talking about. That's all like skins. They're not like like Ryu doesn't throw throw a fireball. You can't do a hundred, uh, you know, the the super bird kick or whatever from Chun-Li or anything like that. In fact, it's almost it's hilarious the way they um, are implemented because it's basically you're wearing a Ryu suit or a Chun-Li suit. So any of the emotes or dance moves or anything like that, they'll still do. And it makes the characters seem really, really out of character, like uh, Ryu playing the saxophone very well or doing doing the Fortnite floss dance. I mean, you can make Ryu floss, but you but, can make an alien from alien floss if like, you really felt the need. Like, and the fact that like Ryu still has like his grumpy Ryu face the entire time he's doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's Fortnite and they don't really emote. They don't. Um, it's, but it's weird. It's weird like, how it's gobbling up every bit of pop culture. It's Lego. It's Lego. It's Lego for battle royale shooters. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes it it feels right when it's a character that uses gun. Sure. So like, you know, like when they actually brought in John Wick and not just a please don't sue us, you know, parody of John Wick. You mean Jim Wack? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like when they brought in like the Mandalorian and various other Star Wars characters, they use guns. I mean, it it fits with with them. Yeah. But, But when you have like Kratos from God of War and and, you know, like you said, Ryu and Chung Lee, it's hollow. It is. It's it's hollow and it's soulless. It doesn't. It's not like a Smash Brothers. It is absolutely. It is the anti Smash Brothers. It's yeah. Sakurai is, you know, you could tell that Sakurai and his team put a lot of time and care and effort into making as faithful an interpretation of the character, the guest character, as possible when they introduce things into Smash Brothers and in Fortnite. It is just like let's just thr- slap this something together. And that's it. Does the licensor approve this model? Yes. Then we're good to go. Put it on the server. Yeah. The only the only positive I will give to Fortnite with all of their pop culture references, uh, much like Disney 2.0, the uh, the little Toys to Life game. Oh, they, I loved those. Those are really good. But uh, they um, Fortnite and that game, they both had a very unified art style. So they would tweak. So everything looks like it matches the rest pro- of the aesthetic pro- proportion wise. So when you have in Disney 2.0, you have a jet, you can have a Jack Sparrow next to a Mickey and they look like they make sense next to each other. And in this game, you have a weird tomato headed uh, Fortnite man and Ryu and Chun-Li and they proportion wise, they look like they fit yeah. next to each other. And 
the OCD uniformity side of my brain, it, it that is nice. That makes nice in my brain. Yeah. But the only thing I'd really say that kind of was a nice nod or whatever that Fortnite did with this latest whatever you want to call it was while you're playing the game or whatever and you're on the map, you know, there's like a little rift that can open up. And they do this with all the little guest character things they throw in. This rift opens up when you're within a certain distance of it and you can look through it and it was um Ryu stage. Oh, it was Suzaku Castle. Yes. Nice. And it played but it was playing Guile's theme. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, why would I think they it was, I think it was Guile's theme. Oh, I only watched a video of it. Why would they do that? That that sucks actually. It's because Guile's theme is the be- is the better song. It, well, yeah, Guile's theme is the better <laughs> song, but I would argue Ryu's theme is also very uh, recognizable, and especially it goes with Suzaku Castle. Like, okay, yeah, that's like I said, I'd have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure it's Guile's oh, theme. That sucks. That that's just a bummer. Um, okay, so hey, so Fortnite is a battle royale style game, and you know what else is getting a battle royale style game? Final Fantasy 7? Hey, why not? Everyone else has tried to do it. Yeah, so uh, about a week or so ago, Sony had a um, their state of play. It's basically their Nintendo Direct knockoff that is not as successful. Endearing, it, endearing or <laughs> successful. It kind of lacks the, the, the spirit and the heart of a Nintendo Direct as sterile as a Nintendo Direct typically is. Sony is that much more sterile. Anyway, uh, they ended their presentation with some Final Fantasy VII remake news, and then immediately following that on their Twitter account, they announced, like, two more games, like, right right after the other. So let's... Final Fantasy VII is a huge game. It's a huge franchise. So let's take a few minutes and talk about those three things that were, uh, were announced. So the DLC was for PlayStation 5? Yes, there's a special thing with that, but let's describe what it is first. It's called Final Fantasy remake intergrade yeah that sounds about right yeah and it is a uh it's a side mission with um one of the optional characters from the original final fantasy 7 game uh yuffie the ninja the, uh, thief. the ninja thief yes and it looks like it is basically tying in the side game final fantasy 7 dirge of cerberus into like into the timeline that's basically what's happening. Which was a third-person shooter on the PlayStation 2 where you played as the optional character Vincent. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yuffie used to be my favorite Final Fantasy VII character until I grew to be a man of culture and decided that Tifa, Tifa was the is, best Tifa is, is best girl, yes. <laughs> no, agreed. Agreed. But uh, but no, this this side mission looks really cool. It, really, it looks interesting that you get to play as someone other than Cloud, for a little while um, during that tr- extended trailer. And they showed a lot of like uh, story bits and pieces in there. And it looks like Yuffie is getting a, um, a non controllable uh, side character for all of her missions, a new character named uh, I think it's like solemn or something like that, something close to like that. And I'll tell you when I was watching the direct or their state of play or whatever the second i saw that guy pop on screen and i saw that he was named and he looks like someone more than just a background character i said oh look it's a walking grave (laughs) because guess guess who's not in any part of the actual game of final fantasy 7 it's this character that they're taking an awful long time explaining (laughs) he doesn't show up anywhere else something's gonna happen to him during his his thing because here's the thing yuffie acts very different in this than where's than how she acts when she, you meet her in the original Final Fantasy VII, and you meet her much later in the game. So something has to happen to make her personality shift pretty dramatically, and I'm guessing it is probably something's going to happen to her best friend, her her best friend from deep deep underground. It was like, hey, <laughs> this guy was created to die. <laughs> He has a red shirt. He, Why is he wearing that? He is absolutely a red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. She's very much in line with how she is in uh, Crisis Core, I think. Oh, Crisis Core? Okay. Where she's she's a lot younger in that one, but she's also a lot peppier. You know what? Did I say Dirge of Cerberus? I might have I meant Crisis Core. One of the two. Which... Crisis Core is the Zack Zach Gra- Crisis Core is the... Uh, these games... Zack and Gact. Oh, pro, uh, Soldier G. And... Nickelodeon gag. <laughs> okay, listen. Listen, 
Nickelodeon gacked. <laughs> Nickelodeon gacked. I like it. I like it. Um, are when we get to that point in Final Fantasy VII remake, are are we gonna get gacked? <laughs> I don't remember who that character was Ga- okay. in Crisis Core. Should we explain who gacked is? Uh, he's a he's a Japanese pop star slash actor who had very bad opinions yeah. about women slash fashion man yeah he's <laughs> yeah he's an awful lot of things and he was directly modeled and voiced and like placed into the final fantasy universe when at the height of his popularity again like i said had some very not great things to say about women and gact is pretty much not a thing anymore be- due to that but is 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 like his character going to show up for half a second and then an explosion's going to go off and he's going to be like, "Oh no, my face, it's half burnt up and my and it made my voice box sound totally different, but it's totally me. It's totally me, Soldier G. Don't worry about it." Like Crisis Core was a prequel. Yeah. I think Dirge of Cerberus is a bridge between 7 and Advent Children. <laughs> I don't remember. We're getting way too in the weeds on this one. I'm, I'm over here looking at Final Fantasy Wikipedia trying to figure <laughs> this one out. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It is a tough one. It could be worse. It could be Kingdom Hearts. That's tr- <laughs> that's very true. Well, speaking of getting into the weeds on things, uh, one of the other uh, games that was uh, that was introduced that was announced. Um, this one was on on their Twitter account. Um, is something called uh, uh, Final Fantasy Seven. First soldier. Uh, well, that's the that's the battle royale. Oh, we okay. can we can actually talk about the okay, battle royale. I'm sorry, now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack. Oh, no, it, your... no, it's cool. Uh, we can talk about the battle royale. So, it is a prequel to Final Fantasy VII, and it, it's a battle royale game where you're running around shooting other players in a in a arena style shooter. Yeah. But also you have magic and summons, uh, summons and stuff like that, and. Uh, it looks like it is actually going to have uh, a light amount of story mode and it is going to tie directly into Final Fantasy VII Remake. So you actually have to play it in order to get the story, the complete story, I guess. I mean, that's kind of how the Kingdom Hearts games were, you know, not to beat that dead horse again. That's but true. Yeah. Drop, w- drop distance and uh, uh, fragmentary, sleep and- fragmentary passage of whatever. This is this is my edgy my edgy album name. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean I don't do uh, battle royales or first person shooters, so I'm probably not going to do this one. This is also uh, mobile only as of right now. I guarantee it's going to get some kind of um, a PC release or, or or other or a PlayStation PlayStation release. release. Um, but you know what? Mobile actually isn't as bad because you can load up. There are uh, phone. Uh, and mobile uh, OS emulators. Bluestacks is a big one. So if you want to play this on your PC with a with a controller, you absolutely can. I mean, there's plenty of games you can play on your play on your phone with the with a controller anyway. Oh sure, and sure. there are actually there are a handful of battle royale and hero shooters out there on mobile that are also cross play with other platforms. Yeah. So this is, but but like I'm saying, like yeah, I yeah. said, you. You can put hook it up to your to your computer screen and just play it like a normal game. Yeah, yeah. And also the other one, the one I was about ready to talk about was uh, Final Fantasy VII. Um, is it Beyond Crisis or uh, After Crisis or something like that? Some something along those lines. Cody is looking up the name, but it is basically a faithful one to one remake of all of the original Final Fantasy games. In a unified art style. Final Fantasy VII. Final. Fi- all the Final Fantasies. That would oh, be, sorry. That would that be. That would be a wild endeavor. That would be pretty wild. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, which is still a pretty wild endeavor because there are like seven or eight games in this series, including they're going to do a playable version of Advent Children, which up until now is just a movie. It's Final Fantasy Ever Crisis. Ever Crisis. God, these names. Yeah. I tell you, I just. There was a couple of Final Fantasy VII mobile games that never made it on, here. Yeah, that were back on flip phones that were part of the Final Fantasy VII story. Oh, that was before Crisis was one of them, yeah. I think. Yep, yeah, before Crisis was one of them. And those are going to be melded into this whatever, whatever this it is. is. Yeah, yeah, but it is getting a unified art style, a unified gameplay style, 
and uh, it's going to be released uh, episodically. Hmm. So, uh, and it, right now it is only mobile as well. Although I have a feeling once an entire game is complete in the series, they're going to probably put it out on like Switch yeah, and it looks PS4. Like, yeah. It looks like Switch bait. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, that's great. You know what? I've been looking for an excuse to play Final Fantasy VII again, and I don't own a PlayStation, so <laughs> this is it. This is going to be it. Um, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting that Final Fantasy VII remakes the free game for uh, PlayStation Plus members this month. Yes, but here's the thing. So uh, we mentioned that it, that this uh, uh, DLC is going to be for PS5 only. It is free for people who have the game on PS4, you get a free upgrade to PS5 as well as the DLC. But if you have the free to play the free game version of it, you don't get the DLC and the upgrade. You have to pay 30 bucks. I mean, for the upgrade. That's still cheaper than buying a $60 game. That's very true. That's very true. And uh you can only play this DLC on PlayStation 5. So this is how they are forcing players to, to upgrade upgrade to the next generation because uh, Remake 2 is absolutely going to be next PS5 gen. PS5 only. It's going to be next gen only. Well, by the time they're done making it, it could be PS6 only. <laughs> it takes them forever. I mean, they're beautiful games. Don't get me wrong, but it takes them forever. Yeah, they'll be on the verge of PlayStation 6 by the time this comes out like they were with the remake itself. Yeah, the verge of PlayStation Five when it finally came out. And I have a theory: this game is going to go three. It's going to go three games, like remake one, two, and three, because the original game was three discs, and that kind of kind of fits, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, the first one did not end where the first disc of Final Fantasy does. True, but, but also there's a lot that's just open space yeah. in um, discs two and three, I guess. I think a trilogy makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, so they could be pushing PS7 by the time the entirety of Final Fantasy VII remake they'll, is complete. They'll be doing they'll be doing Kickstarters like Shenmue. Oh god! <laughs> oh, don't put that. Don't bring that bad juju in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, we have time for one more thing. We've been talking a lot about games, so let's pick a non-game. There's not a whole lot of non-game news. Uh, let's do Cruella real quick. Yeah, let's talk about the tr the trailer for Cruella, which is the most recent in Disney's long line of taking the villain from one of their classic cartoon movies and making them the pseudo anti-hero of their own story, like Maleficent. Well, Maleficent's the only other movie they've done this with. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. They they did do two of them though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, Cruella, it's a trailer. It sure is a movie. It stars Emma Stone and it she looks like it she acts like fashion show slash terrorist slash bank robber Harley Quinn. She's black and white Harley Quinn. She's Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's it's Disney. Like there's like a Quinn. like a face she makes as she's like driving away in her car or on a motorcycle or something, and it it straight up looked like something out of like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Well listen, I am I'm not sh I'm sure the movie will be fine, but I'm not sure how much of a story you can get out of, <laughs> hey, here's the hidden backstory of the angry woman who wanted to murder a bunch of dogs. Yeah, the, the puppy skinning woman. Like, at the end of the day, she does want to murder dogs to make a coat. <laughs> so I don't know how much you can redeem redeem that character. I'm not saying that it won't be an interesting movie. Emma Stone is a fantastic actress, and it looks it looks stylish enough. It looks neat, but she, she did want to kill a whole bunch of dogs. <laughs> Disney just saw how popular Harley Quinn is, and we're going through their archives going, do we have anything remotely similar to Harley Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of it. I guess it would be either that or the uh, villainous from the rescuers. Yeah, who just wanted a big pirate diamond. Yeah. It made a little girl go into a well, almost drown for it. Yeah. I mean, what's next? Are we going to get like an origin story of Matt and Madame Mim? Mim. Uh, the witch from Sword in the Stone. Oh, yeah. She wasn't even really a villain. She was more like just like a weird swamp rival to Merlin. 
Yeah. Hmm. If anybody, if anybody's the villain in that movie. I think it's Merlin. Well, <laughs> putting putting poor Arthur th- or Wart through all that. That's true. Like what other I guess they could do like an Ursula movie. I would want to watch I'm an, surprised they haven't. I'd want to watch an Ursula movie. Yeah, That'd g- be okay. I'd go to an Ursula movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be I'm all like, right with you that. If Divine was still alive, if they could do a Divine <laughs> Ursula movie. Oh man. That would be uh yeah, that would be Directed interesting. Directed by John Waters. Yeah. I could, I could see it. I mean, we could always get John Travolta. <laughs> like, that's an inside joke for a very specific amount of people who listen to this. And then she eats fish poop at the end. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like pink flamingos. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they they do two things. They either make a carbon copy live act, air quote this live action. The film of a movie they've already done, you know, 20 years ago or sure, longer. Sure. Or they take a character and just build a whole new thing. Well, at least in this particular case, they're making something different. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't watched either one of the Maleficent movies. I haven't either. I have I have almost no interest. Same. Although I, I would have. I like the aesthetic of the Maleficent movies, but I'm not, I have not heard good things. I'm not the biggest fan of Angelina Jolie, and it's 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 nothing about nothing against her personally. I just I'm not really drawn to her acting style. I don't. It's never never seen the appeal, honestly. But I don't know. Well, now she's never doing this show. She, well, <laughs> yep. She's I've ruined our chances of an interview. I guess. Hey, remember when she was Laura Croft, the Tomb Raider? How could I forget? <laughs> Please let me forget. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I made this joke off off air, but uh, the only thing that would make this movie like super awesome is if the post credit sequence is uh, <laughs> Maleficent shows up and says, hi, Cruella, let me tell you about the Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, because it wasn't Maleficent like like the kind of like the ringleader of all the Disney villains. She is yeah, she is like a uh, the main secondary villain. Uh, if you take out like all of the, the heartless stuff, well, like all of the Final Fantasy esque weird Nomura style, the or- organization thirteen or and the whatever. and the real organization thirteen, <laughs> which are two separate things, half of which are made up of the same guy who time traveled. Into other bodies. We've given Nomura too much uh, real estate in this episode. Yeah, this is Nomura <laughs> cast, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. I just had a thought. Yeah. So what if Krilla ends up being really popular, and then they just do like a prequel for Captain Hook? Didn't they? Would they have to call him Captain Hand? I think they did do a, a, a prequel for Hook, although I don't think it was Disney, but there was like... Would they have to call him Captain Hand? Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's a good joke. Good job, Cody. <laughs> because he wouldn't have the hook yet. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, what if they did a movie where it was uh, the, the tragic backstory of uh, the whale from... The whale from Pinocchio? Yes. Monstro? Monstro. <laughs> you can see the dramatic title card reveal now that just says monstro monstro and you know how the the uh, the old batman like uh the like sound effect that's that's the sound of like the uh, the water shooting out of the spout at the top (laughs) all right well hey we have actually hit time so let's go ahead and wrap things up you have been listening to nerd overload thank you very much for tuning in you can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Nerd Overload Now. You can send us an email at staff at nerdoverload.com. I'm I'm becoming the Saturday Night Live guy. <laughs> Musical guest. <laughs> Good Charlotte. <laughs> you can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline. Number's 586-372-8020. Uh, leave a message and we might play it on the show. We've actually had a couple calls this week where people didn't leave messages. Oh, really? Leave Come a on. message. Yeah, there's only two steps to it. You call the number, 
and then you leave the message. I thought about answering it when it was ringing, but then I didn't. I was just like, hello, Nerd Overload. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. Uh, you can find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out.